Good morning. It is great to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Matt Postma, uh, and if you recognize that name, it is because I'm related to someone in this church. Um, Arden and Deb Postma, are, they're my uncle and aunt, so I'm cousins to uh, Jillian and Isaac. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful to, to be able to be here with you. Um, I'm, I'm here with my, my wife, Jana, and my daughter, Eden. They're, they're back there. Um, and my daughter loves to sing, but she also gets a little bit impatient during the sermon time, so they may be ducking out here very soon. Uh, and so we, uh, just a little bit about me. I, I, we live in, in Grand Rapids, um, and I am a pastor at Calvin College. I work there as one of the chaplains, and uh, so I, I, I work with the first and second year students at Calvin. So if you have anyone who's going to be a first year student at Calvin, I will likely uh, be their, their pastor if anything uh, were to go wrong or if, or if there was some kind of a pastoral care need, or you might see me around in the dorms, that kind of a thing. So if you're on, on, on Calvin's campus, you may see me um, reach out and say hello. I'd love to, to chat with you some more. Uh, so it's a, it's a delight to be with you this morning, to, to be worshiping with you. Um, and, and before we get into the text this morning, I want to offer a prayer for, for this time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So a little bit of introduction before the, before the text here, just to give you some context for what's going on. Deuteronomy 5, uh, 22, through 20, or 22 through 33 is our text for today, but earlier in Deuteronomy 5, we have the giving of the Ten Commandments. But it's really a retelling of a story that happens in Exodus, and I'll say a little bit more about that later. But but what happens here is the Ten Commandments are given. The people are invited up to the base of the mountain, up out of their camps, and up to the base of the mountain to, to hear the Ten Commandments as Moses receives them. And so this text today is the people's reaction. This is, this is how they react to the Ten Commandments, to the giving of the Ten Commandments. And, and so that's where we pick this up. Deuteronomy 5, 22 through 33. I believe it's on page 145 in your pew Bibles if you care to follow along. Starting at verse 22. These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire, the cloud, and the deep darkness and he added nothing more. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. When you heard the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders came to me, and you said, The Lord our God has shown us his glory and his majesty, and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks with them. But now, why should we die? This great fire will consume us, and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. 
For what mortal has, has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived? Go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. The Lord heard you when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard what this people has said to you. Everything they said was good. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always, so that it might go well with them and their children forever. Go, tell them to return to their tents, but you stay here with me so that I may give you all the commands, decrees, and laws you are to teach them to follow in the land that I'm giving them to possess. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or the left, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord has, your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land you will possess. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we have Moses and a really terrified people. They are scared. They have heard the voice of the living God. They say, who has ever heard the, the voice of the living God and survived? I don't, I don't know of a story, and we're not going to chance it. This is scary. It's, it's kind of like standing too close to a roaring fire. You feel the heat of it, and you, you, all your instincts tell you to back away. Like, you do this blinking thing, and you, you, you scurry away quickly. Maybe you've had this already this summer where you've had some bonfires, or, or maybe you lit the grill, and you feel the heat, and all of your instincts tell you to back up before you get burned or before you lose any more of your eyebrows. It's, it's happened. Uh, I can tell you from experience. So this is, this is something where, where the people of Israel are having this instinctual reaction like, oh my goodness, this is really overwhelming. I, we've got we to take some steps back or we're, we're going to die. We will not survive this. This is, this is not comfortable. We need to back up now. And so, like I said, this, this is a, an, another retelling or remembering of, a, of an earlier story in Exodus. Exodus chapters 19 and 20, where we have... Uh, a description of, of the events that happened at Mount Sinai when the Ten Commandments were given there as well. And, and that description is a little bit more, um, has a little bit more juice to it. It has a little bit more, more detail. And so I, I want to read just a little bit about that. It says, There was thunder, lightning, and a thick cloud over the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. To me, this sounds like a volcano, a mountain that's on fire, that's shaking. It sounds like a volcano experience. And I have a friend who, who grew up in Papua New Guinea where there is an active volcano. And, and she said that her family would actively avoid a certain part of the island because it was an assault on the senses. You didn't, you didn't want to go up to that side of the mountain or that part of the island because it was just, it was too much. It was hot. 
It smelled like sulfur, you know, that, that rotten egg smell. It smelled terrible. It was hot. You could, you could go there for a little while if you were expecting it, but you don't want to spend an extended period of time there. It's not comfortable. And that may be one of the reasons why the people wanted to, to take off as well. This is really uncomfortable. We don't like the smell. We don't like the, the, the feeling of this heat. We, we're, we just want to take off. So God's presence is consuming the mountain. And the people are afraid because they know that this is a holy God. This is a, this is a God who, who sent people away from the garden because he was holy and they were not. Sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. And they knew this full well. Because ever since the garden, people have been afraid of, of spending time with God, of, of being too close, of, of God's presence right in, right in their space. They need a bit of a space bubble to feel at least a little bit safe. And so the people are, are, are saying, yeah, we, we want to be close. We want to we obey what God has to say, but, but we don't want to be too close. We're, we're likely going to die if we spend any more time this close to, to a holy God. They want closeness, but they know their own sin. And so they tell Moses, you've got this, right, Moses? We're just, we're going to go back to camp because this is really uncomfortable. You've got this. Just go and, and hear from God and, and tell us everything that he says. We're going to go back to camp. And we, we know this feeling of distancing too, right? We, we know how our guilt and our shame, our sin, pushes us away from God. It's more comfortable that way, right? It's, it's easier that way. We, we don't really want to address our sin. We, we want to hide our sin. We, we try to manage our own sin. We try to do it ourselves. We try to deal, or, or maybe we try to, to not deal with it, because it's easier that way. It's easier to not deal with our sin, to just avoid it, ignore it, put it away somewhere. It's easier. And we avoid, we avoid God. We push ourselves away from God by, by a lot of different, in a lot of different ways, by doing things like by not confessing our sins. I was really happy to see a time of confession and assurance today, but there are a lot of churches that, that step away from that, that, that avoid that because it's addressing our sin, and that's not very comfortable, so we're not going to do that. I think it's important. But we, we take steps away by, by saying, well, we're only going to confess our sins in, in this context, in this church context. We're only going to worship on Sunday. Worship is meant for Sunday, and the rest of the week, well, we're just going to do whatever else we want. Worship is just meant for Sunday. It doesn't have any bearing on the rest of my life. Or we get too busy. We, we fill our lives with so many things, and we, we pack our schedules so tight that we have no time for God. That Sunday has become a day of, well, I, just, I really just need to rest. I don't, I don't have time to go and be social with people at church to hear God's word. When, when we have a, a holy God and we try to square that with our unholy selves, we can have one of two reactions. We can, we can say, wow, I'm sinful. God is gracious. I need this, this gracious and forgiving God. Or we can say, 
wow, this is really uncomfortable. Where's the exit? I got to get out of here. I got to put some space between me and this holy God. And, and we want closeness too. We, we desire it. I mean, it's, it's evident by you being here today. We want closeness. But that, that closeness may feel dangerous at times. It may threaten our, our livelihood, our, our well-being, our, our way of, of life, our comfortability. Being close feels dangerous. It can threaten our money. It can threaten our comfort. It's easier to avoid. It's easier to delay this, this interaction, this coming close to God. And I think C.S. Lewis gets at this a little bit in his, in his fiction, uh, The Great Divorce. It's a wonderful book. It's a, it's a fictitious story, but it's, it helps you think imaginatively about the way that we do life. So in this, in this story, there's a man who is, is allowed to board a bus, and he goes to this heaven-like place. At the very, the very last stop is this, this heaven-like place. And he's invited to, to step off the bus, and and wander around a little bit, explore. And there he, he encounters this, this kind of ghostly man. It's not really a man, but he's not really a ghost either. He's more of just like a transparent or, or a see-through kind of person. He's not very solid. Looks more wispy. Anyway, this, this man has a lizard on his shoulder, and this, whisper, this, this lizard is whispering and snarling impatiently into the, the ghostly man's ear. And we're told later that this lizard represents sin. This sin breathes lies into our ears until we believe them. So we have a, a ghostly man, a lizard, and this lizard is, is representing sin, whispering, breathing lies into our ears. And then he sees this flaming spirit approach the ghostly man. And this flaming spirit says, would you like me to make this lizard quiet? And the ghostly man says, well, of course. That would be wonderful. And the flaming spirit says, then I'll kill it. And the ghostly man says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're, don't, could you take a couple steps back, please? You're, you're, you're hurting me. You're burning me. And you never said anything about killing it. I just want you to make it quiet. The things that he's saying are, are embarrassing, and I don't really, I don't really want, want him to say these things. And, and well, look, now, now he's going to sleep. He's not, he's not really being a, a bother anymore anyway. And, and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can discuss this. Like, take some time and discuss this. I'd, I'd love to be able to, to have a conversation with you about this whole killing the lizard thing. And the Spirit says again, may I kill it? And the ghostly man makes him a few more excuses like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really feeling that well today. And I think this kind of a procedure would, would be better if I'm healthy, if I'm all the way healthy, if I'm feeling up to it. And you know what? I, maybe we can postpone this. Can we do this another day? And all the while, he's taking steps backward, taking steps backward. See, the, the ghostly man is worried that if the flaming spirit 
is allowed to kill the lizard, it would kill him too. It would mean death for him. It wouldn't just mean death for the lizard. It would, it would change him fundamentally to the point where he would die. And if I may be so bold, I think we all have lizards. I have a lizard. You, you have lizard. Maybe you have multiple lizards. We all have lizards. We all have excuses. We all find ways to, to back away from God and make excuses to not have to deal with our sin. But sin affects everything. Sin cuts us to our core. And if we want right relationship with God, we need something. We need something. And so God gives us these instructions. God gives us the Ten Commandments. God gives us his law. God gives us this whole book to be able to to point us in the right direction. God wants to be close. This is evidence that God wants to be close. God wants to draw us near to himself. And that's, that's even more evident in the fact that Jesus came. God sent Jesus, his one and only son. Jesus comes close and teaches his disciples. Jesus comes close and celebrates with his friends at a wedding. Jesus comes close and mourns. He mourns with us. He mourns the, the, the death of his friend Lazarus. Jesus weeps. Jesus comes close and feeds people with bread and fish. Jesus comes close and desires relationship. It's through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross that we can come close without the penalty of death. Jesus is the way that we come close to God without dying. I think it's really interesting that that God's presence makes itself um, visible in both a volcano or a a mountain-consuming fire and also a carpenter's son. I mean, I don't want to reduce Jesus' intensity because Jesus can be intense at times. He tells people to, to... to leave everything, to, to sell everything and follow him. That's an intense thing. That's a big ask. But also, Jesus is not a walking and talking volcano. Like, you can, you can actually come close to Jesus. People wash Jesus' feet. People come close and sit next to him at a table. Jesus is not a volcano. So Jesus is the way that we can come close to God and not die. Jesus is the one who conquered sin and death. Jesus is the one who mediates on our behalf. Jesus is the one who has dealt with sin, our sin, my sin, your sin. Jesus is the one who kills the lizard. Jesus is the one like the flaming spirit who says, may I kill it? And he's persistent about it. I want to tell you the the end of this story so I don't leave you hanging. And don't worry, it doesn't ruin the whole rest of the book. Go ahead and and pick up this book and read it sometime. It's really, really quite good. So it's this this ghostly man and the flaming spirit are are having a conversation. The, The ghostly man is really just taking more and more steps backwards. And the flaming spirit keeps taking steps toward him and says, may I kill it? And all the time he's making excuses and, and backing up and, and he's saying, well, 
why didn't you just kill it when, when you saw me needing help? Why didn't, why, didn't you, why didn't you just kill it without me asking, without, with, without even asking? Why didn't you just get rid of it then? That would have been so much easier. Why are you torturing me? And the flaming spirit says, well, I can't do this without your permission. I, I need you to be willing to give up this lizard. Now may I kill it? And, and the man is worried, really worried that this is going to kill him too. And the flaming, the flaming spirit says, well, I, I never promised it wouldn't hurt. I promised it wouldn't kill you. So eventually, the, the ghostly man says, okay. But it's at, this, at this point that the lizard starts speaking loudly and quickly into the man's ear. And I want to just read those words for you because it's, it's important to, to read the, get these words right. The lizard says, yes, yes, I know there's no real pleasures now, only dreams. But aren't they better than nothing? And I'll be so good. I'll, I admit that I've... I've sometimes gone too far in the past, but I promise I won't do it again. I'll give you nothing but really nice dreams, all sweet and fresh and almost innocent. And the flaming spirit asks again, may I kill it? And he agrees. And all at once, the, the, the ghostly man is screaming, and it's this sound like nothing that's ever been heard before. And the flaming spirit is, is grabbing at this lizard, and the, the lizard is biting and writhing, twisting. And the flaming spirit throws it far away. And our narrator says he looks back at where the ghostly man was. And the ghostly man is, is becoming more and more solid, stronger, bit by bit. First his shoulder and then his arm and then his legs and his hands. He's filling out, becoming more and more bright. And somehow he's getting taller too. He's, he's, becoming, he's taking on more of a, a human shape. And you can't see through him anymore. More solid and more bright by the minute. Until he's completely restored. And Jesus does this for us, friends. Jesus restores us. Jesus deals with our lizards. Jesus addresses our sin. Jesus casts away our demons and addresses our sins. He makes us brighter and stronger. He sees through our lies and he, and he calls attention to our excuses and he invites us closer, closer and closer all the time. God comes close. God wants us close. God wants to deal with our sin. God invites us. God gives us law and the rest of his holy book as a grace. He says, this is the way that you can live a good life. This is the good life. This is the way to me. This is the way to draw close. And so when you want to back up, when you want to make excuses, take a step closer to Jesus. And this community can help you do that. Help each other take steps closer to Jesus. Help each other call it out in each other. 
mourn with each other, celebrate with each other, teach each other, eat with each other. Invite each other, invite new people in. Invite people close to Jesus. Say, this is how you do it. This is how we come close to Jesus. This is how we come close to God, and we can do it. And because of Jesus, we can come close to our, to our living God in our everyday living, and we won't burn up. But I can't promise you that your eyebrows won't get a little singed. Would you pray with me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, we confess that, that we take steps away from you all the time, that we back up slowly or run away quickly. We make excuses. We believe the lies. Lord, help us to take steps closer and closer to you all the time. Lord, may this community here at Ivanrest be a place that invites others in, that invites each other closer and closer to you, that we can that we can grow closer to you in our everyday living, and that although it may feel a bit dangerous at times, that you strengthen our hearts and make us brave, that you grow us and make us strong, make us more and more solid, more and more bright all the time, more and more into the image of Jesus. Lord, go with us, give us strength, and give us your peace. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Would you stand to sing, please?